velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans. Plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm delighted to be rejoined this week, two weeks off, by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, it's lovely to see you. Good to be back, mate. Yeah, we were we were just chatting with our, our guests this week about, about time off during the season and um, I certainly certainly enjoyed a couple of weeks off but, and Henry was a an able deputy or maybe I'm his deputy these days who knows but but good to be back yeah and Tom is delighted as I am to see you and I, and I really am I am even more delighted to be joined by Bath defence coach JP Ferreira on the Bath Rugby Plug JP thank you very much for for coming on and welcome thanks lads good evening uh, it's good to good to be on on the plug yeah I think we we kind of thought it would be a good idea to to maybe take a little bit of a different direction this week and, and kind of look back at the season of the whole with JP um, instead of kind of focusing in specifically on on a on, on another disappointing result last Friday night against Northampton Saints at Franklin's Gardens. Before we get into everything with JP, this is the Bath Rugby Plug brought to you by Black and White Butchers, Tom Dunn's Black and White Butchers. Check out his Instagram, the um, hog roast and events business, and book him to take your event to the next level. And if you're at the rec on Sunday, check out his stool behind or next to the Swift Half. It is definitely, definitely worth it. Lads, before we kind of get into all things blue, black and white, I think after the Super Saturday, I'm sure we've all just watched, it would be remiss of us not to touch on it. And, And JP, I'll come to you first. What did you make of the rugby that we saw over the weekend, any games that you focused in on specifically? Imagine it was, you know, the England game with with that kind of at the forefront of your mind at the moment. What did you make of the rugby? Um, so I watched I watched pretty much all of it. Uh, watched the Scotland um, Italy game. Um, delighted to to see that uh, Cam got got a run, um, which was brilliant. Um, and obviously, you know, one of the guys that I coached at Munster. Old Ben Healy made his made his um, mm. his first first debut and test test debut, which was which was good to see. Um, so yeah, watched that a bit. Uh, sort of gut wrenching for the Italians. You know they they were in it the last the last fifteen minutes and the last five minutes especially. And you know they they just couldn't get it over that over that whitewash. But um, that was a good game, and then followed that on with the French Wales game. Um, interesting, the French side. You know, they. You don't know what you're going to expect from them on 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 match day, but um, they certainly had a bit more of a of a joie focus on the weekend. Um, 
But uh, <clears throat> other than that, that England Ireland game was obviously a belter. And, you know, I don't want to sort of bring it down because it was a good game. But, you know, that red card um, sort of killed this, you know, it kills the spirit of it. And I know it's something that we can't change at the moment. Maybe I'm, uh, I also don't want to be the one saying that, that, that that's the way we should go. But certainly, you know, with with that and what the referees have to have to deal with with the head injuries, you know, a massive that was a massive call and and it it was probably the right call whether he had intention or he had no intention, you know. So um, that 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 had to happen because of the the head, the head assessment and the and the head injuries that have taken sort of the forefront of rugby. Hence them trying to bring in the the tackle law to drop it below the the waist. So um, that was interesting. But in hindsight, you know, looking at Ireland, um, looking at how they play, how cohesive they are, how connected they are, um, incredible. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know it's, it's rewarding to see that they've won the the Six Nations, they've won the Triple Crown. Um, they thoroughly deserve it in the Six Nations. Mm. Tom, what did you make of the the rugby briefly before we move on to Bath matters? I can't top that from JP. I mean, there was a, <laughs> it always is every year. It's an exciting day of rugby, three games back-to-back, gutted for the Italians. I just thought they'd, they'd have that in them. And I felt like they deserved a win as well, this championship. They've acquitted themselves well. And I think there's been so many false dawns with Italy over the years, but I think they are looking like a much more organised side under Kieran Crowley. So... Yeah, I would have really liked them to 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 to, to, to see them get that. And then, yeah, move, moving to England, competitive game, much much better than the week prior at Twickenham, which was which was obviously embarrassing for for England fans. But as JP says, that red card just kills the momentum of the game a bit. And I do think that even if that hadn't happened, Ireland probably would have found a way to win that game. They are, they've looked unbeatable in the autumn and and in the Six Nations, and and I struggled to see who beats them really going into the the World Cup but yeah you've got to feel for Freddie Stewart because it all happens so quickly when you slow it down like that it it, it it you know it looks worse than it is but I thought we acquitted ourselves pretty well shame that Ollie Lawrence pulled up with an injury after the France game because he's he's he's, he's you know really really I think made that shirt his own um, in, the, in, in the championship so far so yeah great uh, great great day of rugby as ever it was a great day and I always forget that it's not just England fans listening to this so won't kind of talk too much about that. It was a great day however for Bath Rugby. The men's side weren't in action but the ladies side were and a resounding 62-0 victory meant they won Championship South 1 and progress next season into the Premiership which is kind of the division below the um, Premier 15s um, of the of the women's game so that that was fantastic news from a bath rugby point of view guys let's get kind of into the detail we're looking forward to doing so um and let's talk first of all jp about northampton saints a couple of fridays ago now we ended up losing that game 45 26 having had a week or so to reflect on it watch the tape back talk to the coaches how do you see that performance from from Bath, and and how do you see it particularly when you're focused in in defence? Well, uh, Gabriel, you know when we we probably played the best ten fifteen minutes um, of the first half, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
we've had it's a up and down season as as we all know um you know we started well in some games we we didn't start well we finished strong in some games um and now sort of the back end of the season we starting games well but then the back end is is again like i say we we're struggling in where we where we in the past we haven't so um it's a bit up and down on that front but in in the last you know that that 20 minutes is 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 the way we want to play um a massive ball in play passages you know we had at some stage we had 3 minutes um 20 second ball in play passages mm-hmm. which is massive and and again sorry it's it's to do with the weather obviously you know it's it's heating up it's getting drier um so those passages are getting longer um and you know in it was almost our undoing in the first half where we got some turnover ball through our kicking game we then took it to an edge we put the ball through um and things that we've worked on this season is obviously our kick chase um on the defensive side and it let us down you know they they came through and they you know we scored one um through a kick and then and then they obviously scored um scored through that and then the other thing I, w- I would say that's really cost us in the season is our discipline. Um, mm. You know, we've we've had a lot of red, uh, well, not a lot of red, but we've had we've had a lot of yellow cards. And to be honest, you know, I mean, we saw it on the weekend again. You know, I know it was a red card on the weekend, and it takes away the whole game. But you know, if you have two to three yellow cards in a game. It's 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 similar, you know. You you can't play with 20, 20 minutes with fifteen guys, you know. Um, and I say that when we when we face Leicester Tigers, um, and again, you know. So so the yellow card situation is something we need to work on a lot. You know, it's it's not a coaching thing. I'll be honest with that. It's not a coaching thing. It's not that we say this is what we want to do. You know, it's it's the boys are are, are trying ex- extremely hard to get the win. Um, and sometimes that pressure would get to them and they would do, you know, the funny things as Tom Dunn did where he was part of the ruck off his feet, slap the ball down, um, take you back to Leicester Tigers, um, you know, Ben Spencer offside, slap the ball down, um, you know, and repeated infringements. Um, so so that was that that's a that's a big thing. But coming back to Saints, um, and what I wanted to say there is, you know, you concede those penalties, they get into your into your 22, they set up a mall, you know, and and then they score. Yes, do we have to be better in 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 stopping that mall? 100 percent But you know, they scored three more tries on 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 that weekend, and that's 21 points. So you take away the mall tries, and and I'm not that defense coach that says uh I didn't concede those mall tries because it's got nothing to do with the defense. So it's got it's got it's got something to do with the defense, the lineouts. Um, so yeah, so take those more tries away, and you're looking at a different story. Um, but it's it happens, and it's a it's a new year where we're trying to build this team to to something special, and it's going to take some time. You know, it's not it's not going to be all smooth sailing in the first in the first couple of seasons. I'll just jump in, Tom. The the mall is such a potent weapon, JP. And who's kind of you've got Luke Charteris as the line out coach and Neil Halley forwards coach, and then yourself as defence coach. Whose main responsibility would it be to 
poach more defence, I guess, is the question. Because there's so many tries from so most teams are, are kind of every weekend from it. Yeah, so so Charles is in in in, in charge of the lineouts. Um, Johan, when he was uh, assistant coach, that was his speciality, uh, the lineouts. So at the Springboks, um, he did lineouts. At the Bulls, he did lineouts. So you know he he's obviously off, off, offering his hand into that as well. Um, and then obviously Hats is the forwards coach and the scrum coach. So so um, first and foremost, I put everything we we. I give full license to whatever they want to do in the lineup because obviously if we can disrupt that and make that strong, then then it's it you know it just flows onto my defense. So whatever they want to do, they can do um, unless it's it's got an effect, you know. So um, so yeah, it's something we've got to work on. Um, it's something that we have worked on this whole season. Um, yes, have we got reward of it? Definitely. Has it cost us? Yes, it has as well. So um, it's just one of those things where we just got to get stronger and and build on that. Obviously, you, JP, I know it's not not your area specifically, but you must obviously speak with the other coaches a lot. You collaborate. You talk about how all your different parts of the game fit into an overall game plan. So, what would you say from the discussions you've had and from your experience? What's not going right with the the lineout? Because you mentioned the the game against the game against Saints. You know that first half, they they they're straight back in the game with two quick more tries. Same in the second half as well with a with a, a Robbie Smith scoring again. And there's been countless examples of games this year where it has been been something that's that's let us down. And you know teams are probably looking at us in the week when they're when they're playing Bath at the weekend and thinking let's kick to the corner because they're they're weak in that area. So. What's what's going wrong there, and how do we improve it? In your in your opinion, well, I mean, if you take the season in a whole, you've got you had guys, and I'm just talking from a calling point of view. You know, guys that's calling the line out. You had Josh McNally out. Uh, you had GJ from Felter early out. Um, you know, so you, you you lost those callers, and and we then we had to start getting someone to call. So at the you would have noticed we we uh, we had Josh Bayless come in um, at eight, calling the line out. And then um, when he was gone to Scotland or get, get he got injured, then we, we had to go to a guy like Fergus Lee against uh, Leicester. So there's a bit of a mixed bag of, of, of who's calling and, and, and who's not. So some guys might come in, they're not natural callers. You know, they got to see the picture before it happens and go there. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a difficult one. It's a it it has has it improved? I think it has improved. Is it is it the best it can be? Definitely not. And I think Luke will say exactly the same. Um, you know, there's there's different ways of looking at it. And I know you say Gabriel or Tom, sorry, that um, their teams will go to the corner. Yes, they will. But we've got to look at how they get to that, you know, that's through a discipline error. It's not through a line-out steal or, you know, that's that's through, say, a scrum collapse or um, sort of a breakdown penalty that, that leads to that situation. So, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, and it certainly has, has its effect on the team. When you don't get your first phase ball, it, it definitely has its effect. Um, so we know about, you know, we know that it's such a huge asset because every team that's got a good line out, you know, you saw it in the internationals, mm. gets on the front foot. There's not a lot of scrums in the game anymore. And I'm thinking about two or three in a game max. 
Um, so if you can get those line-out balls, um, it puts you in a good spot. Maybe we go to kind of where your area of, of total expertise is, which is kind of the, the actual defence. And I guess my question would be, what is your defensive dream? Like what would a Bath performance in your dreams look like? What's your philosophy? What are you trying to get them to do? And, and maybe in the end of a couple of two or three years, you'll see us doing on a, on a regular basis. What does that look like? Uh, first and foremost, I, I really want the boys to, to own, own the defense, make it their own. Um, I am definitely not a guy to say, this is it, you know, um, did I do it this season? hundred percent. I did it this season. You know, um, did I say we've got to go this way? Yes, I did. Um, but you know, there's some of the guys that are captain internationals that have been, uh, around for for a long time they know the game um and maybe there's one or two things that we add next season that will improve the the system so um you know what what gets me is that is that there's always there's not a lot of zero zero games you know there's not a lot of teams that's that's nilling the other side i mean the closest the closest was gloucester now against um leicester uh last weekend so, but then, you know, 20 minutes to go, it also ran away, you know, Leicester, Leicester got the upper hand. So I would love to us for us to, to, to be able to, to nil a team, get the old, uh, the donuts out on a Monday, just for, <laughs> you know, but, um, that hasn't happened yet. And, um, I hope it will, um, in the coming, in the coming, uh, games and also obviously next season, but, yeah, so so that's my that's sort of my goal is just to get the boys comfortable in the system, um, understanding what they're defending and what they're seeing. Um, that's the biggest thing, you know. And at the end of the day, you can't score a try if you don't have the ball. And if you defend the ball, you know, and you defend it well, teams also can't score. So whether we got to slow down our line speed or we got to ramp it up, that's a question for for the new season. Um, but it's been it's been it's been a huge improvement um, this season, um, and it's not just from my side. It's it's an overall all team performance. Yeah, I was I was, I was going to ask you. You mentioned there um, this season and when you came in, some of the you know you did make a couple of changes to what we were doing previously. And I understand your background kind of as an analyst rather than sort of traditional coaching pathway, and that you watch a lot of game tape. I saw one clip where you've watched every game of the '95 World Cup time and time again. Um, so what were, could you let sort of listeners in on a couple of the specific changes that you implemented when you joined at the start of the season? So the first, the first thing I implemented Tom was, um, I had my nine in, in, in behind the ruck. Um, so where, where teams and generally teams don't do that. Um, they sort of have their nine, um, defending on the sideline. Um, so, you know, or at the end of the, at the end of the line, defensive line. Um, so I had my nine in behind, um, I did a couple of research about that, um, and just wanted to know why and how, and, um, I had at one club I was with, we had a problem of, of this concertinering into a ruck and then coming out and concertinering in and we were losing our width. So, um, I implemented there um, and I found it really rewarding and um, 
I I found that the boys sort of settled into that quite nicely. Um, the other thing that I that I brought in is is just being connected. Um, you know, it's difficult when, and I ha- I've had the situation when I was at the Springboks in 2016 when you when you sort of come in and there's been two to three defense coaches in before you in a short amount of time. They all want to be different and they've all got different ways. So so to iron that out and 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 get the boys out of that habit, because at the end of the day, it is habits that we're trying to create, you know. It's habits that when the boys are on the pitch, they don't they don't have to think. Um but it but habits take time to 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 develop and it takes time to to get rid of. So um so I, I, I got that rush defense out um, and just a bit more of a connected line speed defense. Um, and just, you know, the, the on the edges, and you can see it in a couple of games, and I did a BT Sports um, pregame mm-hmm. um, sort of sort of comms with them and just on the warm-up, and we did some stuff there. And just to get the, the wingers just comfortable in defending space, just comfortable in, in being connected, being just reading the situation, being in control. Um, I found with this group and I'll say it because they know it. I found with this group that they, they very quiet. Um, and, and I want them to be, to be very talkative and loud, especially from the outside in. So, um, so in a nutshell, that's sort of what I've, what I'm, what I'm trying to establish. Um, and, would I want it to evolve a bit quicker? Yes, I would have. But you know, it 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 is what it is. Um, you don't just create habits in 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 the first six months of of you being here. You know, I'm only here nine months. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's undoubtedly improved, right? I mean, last season at times defensively was a fiasco, conceding seventy points on three occasions. Yeah, it wasn't great to watch and undoubtedly we've improved. And you, you said maybe not kind of as as quickly as you would like, but I think the improvements are there. And and that's kind of looking at it through the the the, the kind of lens of points conceded and tries conceded. Because I think when you talk about defence, when me and Tom talk about defence or Bath fans down the pub talk about defence, that's kind of what they talk about because that's the obvious thing to talk about. Is there anything that you look at that kind of you judge success on so be that dominant collisions or um kind of tackle success rate is anything a stat that you found is really useful to kind of tell that a defense is improving yeah so um my my first and foremost is collisions you know dominating dominating the gain line um dominating the 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 collisions um and i said to the boys the other i got a little bit um, I got a little bit uh, not emotional. I got a bit animated, um, is the word. And I said to them, I said, I don't care what you, how you defend. I don't care. You just have to dominate the collision. You know, um, you just got to put everything into it. Um, and I, I've done a stat on shoulder on shoulder hits where I just want to see the amount of times the boys have put their shoulders onto 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 the opposition, you know, one V one, just literally putting their shoulders on and, and trying to hit with their shoulders because at the end of the day, once you get the shoulders on and you drop your body height, um, you put yourself in a good position. So, 
So there's a, a lot where guys are chesting and, and not dominating collision and, and I'll take those guys and, and try and, you know, try and drop their height, try get those shoulders on and and go from there. So that's my first and foremost biggest stat, you know. The other thing is is I don't I don't tell them that they can't poach or can poach. You know, if you've trained it in the week and you can poach and you can dominate the breakdown, then do that. Um, and I want them to have a go. That's my biggest thing. I want them to have a go because like, like Ben Obano against Saints, he had one go and the, and the referee penalized him for not releasing. And I said to him afterwards, he said, yeah, but I'm not a natural poacher. I said, but I love that you're trying to go for it because once you go for it, you're putting yourself in that situation. You're starting to get comfortable. The next one, hopefully you get, and then that just builds a, you know, it builds confidence. So, um, uh, that's that's the second one, and the third one is is our our second actions, our blasting of the breakdown. You know, don't be just making the making the hit and then getting off and setting the the, the game line. Can you really slow it down? Can you have another go? And that's the beauty of the system, is that we can put two in that breakdown, um, and we can don't try and dominate with two guys. You know, um, if the ruck's lost, then obviously get out. But if it's not, and you can affect it in any way. Then, then, then go in. So, so we have a work rate stat as well. Um, you know, getting up off the floor, um, going again. You know, just, just, just those, those stats and individual stats that drives the individual, but also it drives the team. Mm. And I'm based on those statistics, and obviously don't into less than twenty trade trade secrets. But based on those statistics, have you seen kind of like significant improvements over the the course of the season? Massive improvements, Tom. Massive. Where it was in the beginning, um, to when we came in, to where we are now. Massive improvements. And I, in, in the same breath, I'm gonna, t- I'll, I'll, you know, that's where we tip our hat to um, to the medical, the medical staff, and 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 the athletic performance. You know, um, Rory Murray and his team, and then Alex, um, Alex and, and and his team has been has been immense. So we got four games left. Of- this season, JP, and, and I guess from your point of view, it's kind of improving in all of those key areas. But what kind of globally, what overall would be seen as a success? What can can Bath fans kind of get excited by? Because this this kind of calendar year in particular, it it has been a little bit difficult to to keep going because the results haven't maybe gone the way that that we and I'm assuming you guys anticipated they would. No, definitely, um, Gabriel, but. You know, at the end of the day, um, I know we're not in the running for anything. Um, but what we are in, you know, we 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 don't want to finish bottom. Um, and and it's 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 the truth, you know. Um, that that in itself is pride. So um, for me personally, I would love to see the boys just you know just go into a game where everything's off them there's no shackles tied to them they they just they just play just play for for what they want to play for you know play for for what they believe in um and the result will take care of itself you know um we've been so close this season in the start of the season a couple of games where we've lost by, by three points five points um and yes there's been there's been the result against um uh saints where where we've taken a bit of a beating you know, so um, we just want to finish strong this season um, and put ourselves in a good place to 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 take that momentum, whether it's whether it's you know just winning 
uh, even if we if we even if we come last where we just get that momentum going into preseason and and into the new season because it's a long preseason uh with the world cup mm-hmm. so um so you never know you know what happens there but but just give us that momentum going into into the new season you know but I just just one specific thing I and I guess it's a more of a selection question so maybe more Johan's area but I'm, I'm assuming that you you obviously speak about this a lot and we've been quite like consistently this year selecting a 6-2 split on the bench which at times has meant that where we've had injuries and we've had so many injuries this year but where we've had injuries in key position in the back line Ben Spencer's had to play 10 quite a lot and we've had to rejig it what's the thinking there and yeah I guess what's the thinking there so I'll take you to a 5-3 split Tom and and you look at the 5-3 split and you go okay, we're going to go with this 5-3 and you play You play a game and towards the back end, you go, oh, I've still got one guy left on the bench, you know, um, and then you get t- games where you put him on for three or four or five minutes and then you go to yourself and you say, well, you know, do we really need a 5-3 split versus a 6-2 where we can we can almost put a new a new uh, forward pack on um, against, you know, the likes of a Leicester Tigers, the likes of Exeter, um, the likes of a Sale, which is, which is forward dominant, you know, and, and we feel, and Johan feels that the pack, um, if we do that, the pack's obviously stronger in, in that. So, so that's sort of the, the way that we, that we're thinking. That's the way that we, yes, will we go this weekend, with a five three, we might go with a five three this weekend. But um, in the past, it's just been you know, Johan's Johan's l- l- sort of lookout on it is that um, what does this game need? Does it need a six two bench? Does it need need a five three bench? Um, and if needs be, yes, can we put Ben at ten? Yeah, we probably can. Is it ideal? Maybe not. But you know, it's worth the risk. Mm. JP conscious we don't want to take up too much more of your time and thank you very much it's been yeah fascinating could talk for hours but you mentioned Exeter briefly there what's the the key messages to the guys from a defensive point of view which means that we're gonna turn them over at the rec on Sunday um yeah obviously it's going to be a, a massive massive game on the weekend um Exeter you know they the the team that that keep the ball the most in the Premiership. Um, they'll run it from their own goal line and just keep on pressurizing you. They're also a team that's, uh, you know, when you when you ill disciplined like I've spoken about, um, they punish you in your twenty two. So um, hopefully we don't we don't concede a lot of penalties. Hopefully we don't concede any yellow cards. Um, that that will give us or that will give them that momentum. Hopefully we. Um, we stay strong in that area and defensively, you know, uh, we hold them out. That's the, that's the biggest thing. Um, hopefully it's a, it's a three all or a six, three or a, a nine, six game on the weekend <laughs> for me. Obviously yeah. the fans won't like that. They they want to go, uh, five, 10, 15, you know, I don't. <laughs> I think yeah. if, if it's a six, three victory on Sunday, then people were going home very, very happy. Hopefully the listeners are very, very happy having heard. Yeah. 30, 35 minutes of that chat. That was absolutely fascinating. JP, thank you so much for your time. And we, yeah. JP, we look forward to the, the donuts coming out on Monday morning. If you could save that for, for Bristol away, that would be great. But, um, <laughs> 
Tom, you. And I'll, I'll take you on because I know there was another question on your mouth, uh, in your mouth uh, about the six two five three. But when you see me around, please yeah. feel free to 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 uh, follow on with that conversation. Well, we'd we'd, lo- we'd love to have you have you have you back on. Maybe when the dust has settled at the end of the season and you've you've had time to 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 assess the the, the couple of victories that we're gonna gonna get for 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 these last four games. But yeah, it's been been great to have you on. We we appreciate the time. We we appreciate the honesty as well because. It must have been a bit of a baptism of fire coming into to Bath at the start of the season, but we're we're grateful that you and your family have moved over to try and uh, try and push this club forward. Uh, awesome lads, and uh, glad to be on this show with you guys. It was awesome. Um, yeah, hopefully we do it again soon. And there he goes, JP Ferreira, Bath defence coach. Thank you so much for joining the Bath Rugby Plug, Tom. That was a fascinating half an hour. Yeah, it really was. He he, he clearly knows his, his onions. And we've spoken about him so much on this podcast this season. Obviously came as a bit of a package with with Johan. So nice to ni- nice to get him on. And, and I felt like we, we could have gone on for hours, G. Yeah, we absolutely could have. Didn't want to take up too much more of his time, but would be delighted to have him back on in the summer and hopefully have a, a win and a bit more positivity to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I necessarily agreed with everything that he said, I mean, first and foremost, there's no way that that Freddie Stewart tackle or whatever it was, was a red card at the weekend. But I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole because that may have taken up the, the whole conversation. But nonetheless, I, I thought I thought it was absolutely kind of fascinating. And to hear kind of how he um, measures defence and how detailed he is in that and the kind of underlying statistics that he does to do that. I thought that that stuff was was really interesting, Tom. I know you would love to get your hands on on a few of those stats. Well, we had a quick chat before the uh, before the game, and I think I I gave you the assist with that one, so um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but yeah, I think you know the, the funny thing is when you look at the course of this season we obviously had those three victories in a row when was that back in november now and then the other win of the season prior to prior to the new year on new year's eve so you look at the past two games and you you see leicester 48 points saints 45 points six or 12 or 13 tries or whatever it was in those two games and it's hard to marry that up with him saying that there's been significant improvements in some of the stats that that, that 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 he looks at, you know, when you look at points only, and I know that's not the full picture, but we're still 27 points per game this mm. season compared to 31 last season. Now, a lot of that is, it sounds like it's sort of out of his remit because we've conceded so many tries from the, the driving mall. And, you know, he's a, he's a former back himself. I don't think that that is his specific area of expertise, but it's hard to, yes, we haven't been on the end of those 70 pointers, but it's hard to say that we've improved that much overall, I think, when you're still conceding nearly 50 points in the last, the last couple of fixtures. Yeah, and it was fascinating how, how honest JP was about, about some of those, those roles and, and how, how that is split and where kind of his specific focus lies. And he's clearly a guy that, that kind of doesn't want to concede any points and would be hopeful to see a low-scoring win against Exeter on Sunday. Well, yeah, well, and, and you just look at what he did at Munster and they had the best or the second-best defence in, you know, in Europe. So he's clearly shown he can do it. You know, he's only been coaching since 2013. He, he, his playing career was cut short with a knee injury. 
Um, he got a break with the Bulls and um, was it the Bulls, whoever, and, and then South Africa in 2016, as he as he mentioned, and then obviously Johan's brought him over to to Bath from Munster. So he's still, you know, relatively new in the game, and is clearly a very very talented coach to have have, have got to where he's got to. The other thing you mentioned, you know, is 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 two points that we've banged the drum on, and we don't want to go back into it. But discipline, you know, 15 penalties against against Saints and and all the yellow cards that we've had top of the league in, in in that respect and then just those 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 moments where we switch off for five ten minutes and it's generally been at the start of games this season but in the Saints game there was a patch um 20 to 30 minutes and then another patch kind of obviously at the end of the game when we conceded four of those six tries just in that that quarter of the game so if we do either of those things against Exeter we can see penalties and let them pin us back and and, and attack us with their driving mall if we switch off concentration wise or, 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 you know, physicality for 10 minutes, we will get punished. So we've said it time and time again, but Exeter will definitely be one of the teams that will punish you most. And if, if you do those things. Well, yeah, with Exeter, it's always those kind of penalties in the middle third of the pitch. And that's where they're absolutely dominant in, in, in kind of dictating that battle and then kicking to the corner and being so potent. Certainly, Exeter sides of old were, were key with that. And it's going to be tough on Sunday, isn't it, Tom? With, with Exeter, as we spoke about, having everything to play for, like, like pretty much every other club in the league at the moment. And, and Bath, despite what, what kind of they might be trying to tell themselves, you know, finishing bottom would be lovely, but it doesn't make a difference to... Well, not finishing bottom would be lovely. Yeah, not finishing yeah. bottom would be lovely. Correct, correct. Yeah, I mean, we've, yeah, extra obviously top side, but I mean, in the same way as, as as with Sale, we found a way to get pretty close to them in, in, in seasons gone by with some exceptions. And, you know, in the away fixture, you might remember it on Christmas Eve, yeah, it was 20 points to 15. We... Niall Annett had the absolute stormer where he was absolutely everywhere after Tom Dunn went off. And yeah, you might remember we got within five points and had three or four guilt-edged opportunities when we were down in their corner and we couldn't make our own driving more pay. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, that was towards the, the back end of probably where I would say we're looking, looking, looking better than we are now. And I, I, I can see another nasty day at the, the wreck for, for those who are making the trip. But it's not a team that have looked their best this season. And the league is so crazy that it wouldn't surprise me, but at the same time, nothing, as with previous weeks, nothing logical says that that we should win this. So, yeah, if you are going to the game, enjoy the game. Myself and Tom, not able to make this one, unfortunately. Check out um, Black and White Butchers next to the Swift Half for a pre-match meal it's definitely worth it and could potentially be the highlight of the day so check that out stick behind the boys I know it's season ticket renewal time at the moment and it's a, a pretty difficult time with everything cost-wise going up so whatever you decide to do with that just make sure you stick behind the boys through thick and thin <laughs> <laughs>